When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals, Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome in to the Lombardi Line on VSIN and DraftKings Network. This show, as always, presented by DraftKings. Alongside Michael Lombardi, Stormy Bon and Tony with you. Lots to get to as it pertains to Super Bowl 58 that's coming up in just a couple of weeks. We'll have our guy, Harry Gagnon, former Las Vegas Sportsbook supervisor, join us in about 15 minutes, get his best bets coming up. And we had some huge news coming through because while there were two vacancies open, now there are only one. Michael, and for all of the talk that there was of, Drum roll. Ben Johnson going to the Commanders and Dan Quinn going to be the next head coach of the Seattle Seahawks. Neither one of those things have happened. Mike McDonald, former Ravens defensive coordinator, has officially been named the head coach in Seattle. You know, and I think what Mike McDonald did is he showed John Schneider, the general manager of Seattle, in his first opportunity. John Schneider came to Seattle with Pete Carroll. Carroll got the job. He hired John. John was the general manager for one year in Washington with Marty Schottenheimer. They all got fired. And he went back to Green Bay and he came out to Seattle with Pete. And what John had to notice on the tape is what I noticed is that McDonald was playing with a lot of guys in the in the secondary that were I would say not elite. You know, Marlon Humphrey's more of an inside corner than an outside corner. You know, that Van Noy, they picked up off the street in September and he got nine sacks for him. They picked up Clowney off the street in August and he got nine and a half sacks for him. You know, they really didn't get much out of Tyus Bowser and some of the guys that they've drafted. They got a lot out of guys that they picked up from somewhere else. Brett Urban and, you know, I know he was a fourth round pick in 14, but they, they kind of mixed and matched this defense. Now, they made the trade for Rokon Smith great. You know, Patrick Queen, they picked in the first round. He worked out, and Kyle Hamilton is by far their best defensive player. And the way he utilizes Kyle Hamilton was really impressive. So for Schneider, he's watching this tape saying, wait a minute, we were so bad on defense last year, and our corners are better than their corners. You know, we, can, we have a better front. We have some guys in our front that should be better. We make a lot of tackles with our linebackers. And I'm thinking he's saying to himself, I need this kind of scheme. I need this kind of creativity within my organization. And if he can get the right offensive coach here, I think we can make this work. I think it's a really good hire based on what I've seen of the tape. It's the same thing in Atlanta. My complaint about Atlanta with Raheem Morris is not Raheem Morris because what he's did with Los Angeles was incredible. M- my argument was that front office was as much responsible as the losing as Arthur Smith was, and yet you didn't change that. Sure. Um, Arthur Smith, by the way, now the offensive coordinator with the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, just as the coaching carousel continues to turn. Mike McDonald, of course, um, leading this Ravens defense to being the top unit in the NFL this season, allowing an NFL best 16 and a half 
points per game. And now just to, just to go and follow up on the Dan Quinn side of this, Michael, like he had relationships there. He had ties in Seattle. He ultimately doesn't get this job. Is he still in the mix for the commander's job? Is he going to be a head coach again? How do you view the impact of him not being selected by the Seahawks for the job? Well, after he interviewed, they said it went well. Then they went out and set to do two more talks. I mean, so to me, if he doesn't get it, I mean, first of all, let's put let's back up a little bit. Quinn was a Quinn was a Pete Carroll protege. He got the head coaching job in Atlanta from Seattle. And the, all the links to Seattle were because of Quinn's relationship with John Schneider, who was there when he was there. It was his relationship with Pete, who hired him. And kind of it was his mentor. And so now maybe they'll say, well, they didn't want to go back down the Pete Carroll mode, right? And so they went outside of Carroll's tree. Okay, we'll buy that. All right. But to me, if you know somebody and the way that Dan kind of has changed a little bit of what he did, maybe you think that, you know, it would be the right hire, but they went completely the different direction. And they hired a defensive coach, mm -hmm. but they hired a completely different defensive coach. If you're Washington, you have to ask yourself, why didn't they hire Quinn? Yeah. Like, why did why did they hire McDonald and we didn't? I think it's a fair question to ask. That doesn't mean Dan Quinn can't be a good coach. But to me, it seems like now you're settling for the second best defensive coach out there. Yeah. And uh, if you thought Quinn was so good, why didn't you just hire him that moment? Exactly. Seattle, by the way, goes from having the oldest head coach in the National Football League to now the youngest, Mike McDonald, just 36 years old. But uh, again, a bright mind that seems to be very, very well liked and excited about the future there with Seattle. But now where does Washington turn? Because McDonald is off the market. Ben Johnson is staying with Detroit. Slowick is staying with um, with with Houston. They did interview Aaron Glenn. Dan Quinn was still an option. They have yet to make their decision known. Where do they turn in your mind? You know, I, 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 this is a hard one. I would, I would think they're going to turn to Quinn or Glenn. I mean, that's the only two guys left on their list that are available. Because they're not it talking to Bill. They're Adam not talking Peters to Vrabel. Yeah. It's clearly Adam Peters wants to hire somebody that he is in lockstep with or is a young coach. And I think there's a lot at risk here for the 49ers. I really, I mean, for the Washington football team. And, you know, they can probably cite, well, you know, look what happened in, in Houston. They turned it around. We'll turn it around. We'll see. I, I think it's kind of an interesting hire. I, I don't get it. But look, it's the NFL. It, it, people are intimidated by people with, that, with knowledge. I mean, if you don't even spend an hour with Belichick, if you don't come in and, and sit down and, and kind of have a conversation, you know, the problem is the person interviewing Belichick doesn't know half as much football as he knows. <laughs> Yeah, no question. Think yeah. about that. He's a who I mean, you really craft. think Adam Peters can interview Bill Belichick? I mean, seriously. Well, that's or why these Mike things... Vrabel, do you think he can interview I mean, it, it just can't happen. It's kind of a comedy. So you just kind of sit there and say, "Wait a minute, that makes no sense at all." With Bill Belichick, it's not even an interview. Like you you already know what he is and what he's done. The resume's in front of you and you're just basically saying that you don't want it because you want all of the control and you're not willing to hand off any of that or be collaborative with somebody that you think could put that at risk for you. And so it's, it's interesting. Also, speaking of the commanders, former head coach Ron Rivera reportedly, we already know he interviewed for the Eagles job, did not get it, but also reportedly interviewing for the Rams defensive coordinator gig. Brandon Staley interviewing to go back to be potentially the offensive coordinator in L.A. as well. Um, but Michael, we'll have... Plenty of time to dissect all of these different offseason stories. We do have one more game left this year. Super Bowl 58. The San Francisco 49ers a two-point favorite against the Kansas City Chiefs. Total in that one sitting at 47 where things sit right now. And you wrote an article at vcin.com breaking down a lot of the Kansas City Chiefs mindset and philosophy change that was sparked that Christmas Day loss against the Las Vegas Raiders. What are some of your biggest takeaways about Kansas City and how they turned things around down the stretch to get to this point? Well, I think what they realized after they got embarrassed on Christmas Day was that we can't hold the ball. We're not good at tackle. You know, we have no explosive players, really. And the only way we're going to win is we're going to have to go back to old school. We're going to have to figure out how to run the football. We're going to have to try to work on the different things that we do well. And what, what are our strengths? Our strengths are 
We got Pacheco, who's a really hard runner. We got Patrick Mahomes, we got Kelsey. Those and Ray Rasheed Rice. Those are our four players that we have that are really good. And we're going to utilize them in the best way we can. And since that game, they've run the ball 112 times. They've thrown it 132. There's more balance to what they do. They've had 49 drives in those four games. 20 of them have been seven plays or more. Okay? Seven plays or more. And they have resulted in 16 of those drives have resulted in points. Now, they only average 5.85 per play. It's not like they're being explosive. You know, they haven't been great on third down. They're 18 for 30, 51 on third down. That's a 35% conversion rate. They've really only gone for it four times on fourth down, and they've been successful three. But what they've been able to do is play to the strength of their team. Their defense has only given up 14 and a half points in those four games, three playoff mm-hmm. games plus the Bengal game. And now they haven't. Here's the thing that's important, too. It isn't like this style. If you're a 49er fan, this style isn't infallible, right? They've been behind against Cincinnati at half. They've been behind against Buffalo at half. But they've been consistent. They're like Yertle. They're just going to keep trying to move the ball down the field. They've had no interceptions in four games. They fumbled twice in four games, and they've had and they forced five turnovers. So they're kind of playing a style to avoid losing, be opportunistic, take our points. We've averaged twenty three point seven points in those four games. Our defense is playing. That's the strength of our team. For all the you can't bet against Mahomes. You can't bet against Mahomes. I get that, but you're really betting. What you're saying is you're betting the, the Kansas City defense. That's what you're betting, because Mahomes has been efficient and effective in this and they've been timely and he's been accurate as hell but it's been the defense and the style of play that is why they've been able to get here because when you examine their numbers and you look over what they have done this team number wise is not as good as the 49ers in any area However, they found their formula to win, and you got to give them credit for that. And look, Michael, it's no secret that Andy Reid is an excellent head coach. Like, this we know. But what does it say to you about him and his ability to adapt and, despite the circumstances being so different for Kansas City this year, still find a way to put themselves in a position to win another Super Bowl? Yeah, I, I mean, I think it really takes away. I, I think this is really about ego, right? I think they removed their ego. They said, hey, look, we, Andy, as I wrote about in the column, Andy don't want to run the ball. He wants to throw it. His idea of a good run is a double reverse, right? But they buried their ego and they mm-hmm. said, here's what we need to do. Our offensive line, if we put these guys on an island, we're going to get called for false starts because the left tackle is going to be lined up in the backfield. We're not going to be able to really create run movement. We're going to get we're going to get sacks and have negative plays and we're going to get we're going to have to hold on to the ball. So they buried their egos and they said, "Okay, for the good of the team, for the good of winning, we need to play this way. And that's what they've done. And as a 49ers fan, it's very irritating because I will tell you, I did not want the rematch from four years ago and having to face this Kansas City team again when they are on a roll. But you know one thing's for sure, we're going to have another great game on tap coming up in Super Bowl 58. We've got still to come this hour some historical Super Bowl betting trends we want to get into. But first, Harry Gagnon, host of the Against All Odds podcast, is going to join us next. He thinks it could be a Travis Kelsey day come Super Bowl Sunday. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating Cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight-shooter interviews 
with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley, and recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rocked the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry, back to Iguodala, up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here's your host, Stormy Bonatoni on VSEN, the sports betting network. With Omaha Steaks, you'll fall in love at first bite with their tender steaks, juicy burgers, air-chilled chicken, and more. You're going to love every bite. It's an Omaha Steaks guarantee. And for a limited time, when you go to omahasteaks.com slash vsin, you'll get four free air-chilled boneless chicken breasts and four free rich, juicy, boneless pork chops with your order. Minimum purchase may apply. Stormy Bonantoni and Michael Lombardi with you as we welcome you back to this Wednesday edition of the Lombardi Line. Pleased to continue our Super Bowl 58 conversation with great friend of the show, Harry Gagnon, host of the Against All Odds podcast at AAO Harry on X and a former former Vegas sportsbook supervisor. Harry, how are we doing today? Welcome into the show. Thanks, guys. What's going on? By the way, sorry, I know we're going to talk Super Bowl a little bit, but just thought maybe, you know, after giving out that uh, yeah, Yannick center pick last week, maybe we just talk tennis. Is that okay with Michael? We just talked tennis. Michael, Michael, please shut him down, although we are always happy about those winners. We'll give you those 30 seconds at the end of the yeah. block. <laughs> nice. Yeah, you want to pat yourself on the back for tennis. God bless you. Go ahead, but not here. You know, we're not doing it here. You know, like, okay, you take one, take a victory lap, Harry. You're great. You got the tennis right. We will give credit it, where credit is due, Michael, because he did, like, he yeah. slipped that in at the end of the se- segment, and it was, a, it was a dub, so you got to give the dub love. But Michael, I did give that out to our buddy Bill Simmons, too, before the tournament started. He appreciated that. And did he play it? I, I hope he played it. He he said he liked it too, so I hope he played it. Good stuff. Well, like- I love that. When people that don't know anything about the sport say they like it, that tells you that maybe you shouldn't like it. I don't know. <laughs> You know, know, like if you said to me, I like this tennis player. I don't know anything about tennis. I can't say I like it. You can make up, Harry, you could make up a name and me and Michael would just be like, oh yeah, sounds great. Maybe I'll do that next time. Maybe next time for the French Open. All right, Michael, what's your what's your first question for Harry as it pertains to the Super Bowl? Let's get into it. Well, well, I mean, I only want to know, like, where is where is the teaser going with this one? Like, that's the only thing. I mean, there's got to be some teaser play. I didn't look at the rundown, so I know you have one. But lead off with your favorite teaser of the week. If I had to go with a teaser for the Super Bowl, you know, I, look, I'm, I, this this Kansas City defense has been unbelievable. They've given up 10 points in the second half in all three playoff games combined. They've given up just 19 points in the second half in their last six games overall. That's amazing numbers. So seeing San Francisco, you know, number one seed, but struggled in both games against Green Bay and Detroit, uh, I, I could see this game on a teaser with it being the game being at 47 and a half right now. I'd really kind of lean towards because San Francisco's had a scramble in those games too. I'll, and I'd lean a little bit towards the under. So I'd push it up on a seven point. I'd push it up to 54 and a half to go under on that mic as of right now. And, uh, and I'd probably still, I'm a glutton for punishment. Uh, Cause I continue to go against Kansas city. Uh, I would probably, probably take, San Francisco still 
and catch five and a half on a seven point teaser. So you're going through zero instead of taking Patrick Mahomes as an underdog to tease him to get nine? I hear you. I, I, I understand it, but I will make this point. I made this point on against lots. I really feel it's more about the defense than Mahomes. I know what you're saying too, but Mahomes had a pedestrian numbers over the last five weeks, averaging 240 yards a game, just one touchdown. He hasn't thrown a pick though since that disaster of a game against the Raiders in Arrowhead. So he has been great in that aspect, but you're right. I understand you can tease it up, getting eight and a half, nine with Kansas city, but I'm just going to still ride with the one seed with San Francisco plus five and a half. And I'd lead more towards the under at 54 and a half. And you're also for all the, all the concern you have about Patrick Mahomes, you're going back to the Kelsey well for plus 70 yards and reception yards. You know what? At minus 120, I love it. I mean, we both know, you guys, that Kelsey always is clutch, but especially come playoff time. He had 11 catches last week on 11 targets versus Baltimore for over 100 yards. He also went for 70 or more in Casey's wins versus Buffalo and Miami. In fact, he's reported 70 or more yards receiving in his last 12, guys, last 12 playoff appearances, and he's had – 95 or more in more than half of his playoff games. Just need 70 at minus 120, Stormy and Michael. I think that seems like a steal for a guy who shows up in big spot all the time. Yeah, and to his credit, he's catching everything that comes his way lately. Even that one yeah. we saw last game where he had to like mm-hmm. do the crazy stretch to go up and get it, but he's caught 16 of his last 17 targets. So uh, I, I like Kelsey to have a good day too. I feel like despite the pedestrian numbers that he had throughout the course of the regular season compared to what yeah. we're used to him, um, postseason Kelsey is a different dude. Meanwhile, for the San Francisco 49ers, we saw last week Debo Samuel, despite the, frac- the what we thought could be a re-injured shoulder from the hairline fracture he had earlier this season, he ended up being the primary beneficiary in the receiving game with the most receiving yards for the 49ers. But Brandon Ayuk has been such a great target. He's got the highest receiving yards prop for San Francisco this week. You think he goes over? I do. Uh, How about this? 60 yards receiving or more. You got to lay a little bit of a price at minus 135, but he averaged 84 during the regular season. Ayuk also led San Francisco in receiving target and yards during the year. Uh, but his third right now on the Niners in playoff yards. I expect the Pro Bowler to be targeted plenty by Purdy on, uh, on, on Super Bowl Sunday. Ayuk did eclipse 50 or more receiving yards in all five matchups versus AFC teams this year. And in fact, Ayuk has gone for 50 or more versus AFC teams in eight of his last nine games. And that includes having 82 in a loss last year in Levi Stadium against Kansas City. Oh, well, you know, I mean, look, I, I think to me, you, you got to sit there. I, we were kicking around yesterday, Kittle, Ayuk, you know, Debo, and, and there's so many weapons and, you know, you got to feel like they can make yeah. some plays. I do agree that the, one of the things on Ayuk is that the, the what you want to do with Kyle's offense is force the ball outside the numbers. And that lends itself to where Ayuk, even though he comes inside and makes plays, but his game is outside the numbers, so I could see sure. that. Now, this is a strange one for me. Not many people, and only you, Harry, could play this. <laughs> You're going to take the senior bowl. You're going to take the American team minus one point, one and a half, uh, plus a half, one and a half points. I mean, like, what is your reason for this? I mean, yeah. have you been scouting yeah. the senior bowl? See, this is why, on his, this is why on his show, Michael, it's called the, the, the degenerate trifecta. That's no why. No question he's a degenerate. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I have reasonings, Michael, but I don't think you're going to like why I'm taking American plus one and a half. I think the line is very fishy here because on the national side, at quarterback, you have Knicks, Penix, and Hartman. You have wide receivers in Roman Wilson from Michigan, and Ricky Purcell had a great season at Florida. Meanwhile, on the American side, their quarterbacks are Joe Milton from Tennessee, Spencer Rattler, uh, Michael Pratt, who came from Tulane, yeah. and another quarterback who played at South Alabama. But I'm taking the American team plus the one and a half, not the team that has Nick Penick and Hartman, which you might think is crazy. But this American team does have nine players that came from Alabama or Georgia. And I think this game could come down to place kicking at the end of the game. And the American team does have Will Reichert. From Alabama, it could come down, like I said, to a to a to a, a last-second field goal. By the way, this year he was five for five at college football, five for five from fifty or more. 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, and yeah, I, I love Michael Pratt from Tulane, by the way. But to yeah. your point, there are some notable names in this game for anybody who's going to tune in and watch the senior, senior Bowl out there in Mobile, Alabama. Michael Penix Jr., Bo Nix, Sam Hartman, Spencer Rattler, a good collection uh, of talent that's getting set to see what they can do at the next level. You also, while no tennis today, you do have yeah. a play in the association for us. Uh, the Milwaukee Bucks first game under Doc Rivers did not go the way that they had planned. You think they bounce back tonight? I do. I'm going to lay the 10 um, against Portland. The Blazers, 19 games under 500. They did get their nice win uh, on Monday by 26 over a Embiid-less Sixer squad. Doc Rivers, like I said, mentioned, it, it, this is his uh, second game here for the Buck. Um, I just think this is a blowout. They're on the road right now uh, for a few games in a row. The Buck, um, they are in Dallas. They're in Utah. They're in Phoenix, aside from this one, too. Uh, Portland's second worst offense in the league. Bucks, I think, and Doc in a blowout tonight. Minus the 10, lay it on the road with the Bucks. I love it. You're gonna go with the. You're gonna go with the doc. You're gonna go with the doc. Go you with have doc. to be a degenerate gambler when and you're the, going with the doc. But it's against the 76. I mean, huh? it's against it's against the Blazers, though, Michael. Who you just saw your 76ers beat them by like nearly 30 oh, they, the they other couldn't day. Couldn't come close, you know. And and Embiid's hurt. He got hurt again, you know. Mm-hmm. Now he's you know he's gonna be out. Yeah. I mean, it's comical. It's and comical. how much does Lillard go anyway. for in, his, uh, in Portland tonight? Let's see what Lillard does too, right? <laughs> Yeah, well, I would think so. But I would think Portland will back. I mean, I, I, I'm i not sure. You know, I'm not sure. Doc's got to get his stuff set. It always takes Doc's time to get his system in place. We'll see. Good stuff, Harry. Appreciate you taking the time today, buddy. We'll see you next Thank week. Thank you, Harry. Always, guys. Take care. That's Harry Gagnon. Follow him at AAO Harry on X. And we're seeing that up to 10 and a half now, by the way, total 237 and a half. How how are the people of Philly holding up? Or actually, how is Joel Embiid holding up knowing that he can only miss five more games to still get postseason awards? I think he's got, no, I think it's down to four now. I think he's down to four and and he got hurt that he left the game in the fourth quarter yesterday. So I I think this is going to be a hard one for him. He's, it's, he looked, he looked like he was going to miss some more time. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Start your morning with a daily dose of winning strategies, insider tips, and the latest buzz with the free VSEN daily newsletter. Goes straight to your inbox every day, absolutely free. Today, Mike Somich dives into the early Super Bowl line movement and the why behind the total ticking down to 47 in the big game, despite the betting action being heavy to the over. Plus, one of the exotic Super Bowl props everybody loves is the national anthem length. Gil Alexander and Kelly Bidlin dive into what we can expect from Reba McIntyre this year and her history of shorter renditions. Fun fact, vcin.com slash newsletter is how you can subscribe. That also, by the way, is a tease for something that we're going to get into tomorrow. Some of those novelty props originally, Michael, we were planning on doing that today, but you know, we had a little bit of news with Mike McDonald being the head coach of Seattle. So we had to push it off, but that just gives you an extra day to prep for, you know, getting your Gatorade research in, checking out the history of the coin toss. Get ready, Michael. It's going to be fun. Yeah, well, I, th- I mean, I always go. It won't, don't, won't you think if it's a chief win, it has to be red Gatorade? Don't you think that? I don't you, know. I got to do re- more research on that. Do you want to know a fun fact? I don't know the McIntyre thing. You go want, ahead. Yeah, I yeah. love your fun facts. I've got a fun fact about red Gatorade for you. It has never in the history of the Super Bowl been dumped on a game-winning head coach. Isn't that crazy? And that red is wow. obviously the staple color of Kansas City and San Francisco. You would think. You would think maybe this could be the yeah, year. Who knows? I have thought that. So yellow is the yellow is the one yellow is up there. It's one. Michael, listen, we just we got to step aside. We'll, we'll do this tomorrow. I promise. I've done. I've got a full okay. research breakdown for you. It's going to be riveting. Just give the people what they want. But today we actually have some historical trends that are very football specific that I think that you're going to enjoy Go a ahead. little bit more than Gatorade. That's good for you. <laughs> I'm ready for you. Fire okay. away. So Steve Mackinnon 
posted an article on vcin.com yesterday. Um, he does this every single year, betting, uh, breaking down some of the more interesting betting trends and systems around the game. And you know how sometimes on this show we do the meaningful or meaningless trend segment? Well, he has already done the nitty-gritty hard work and just pulled out some that he feels are impactful and really do correlate with winning. And one of them, which I think is really interesting because we've talked so much about the run game and the importance of it for both Kansas City and San Francisco in this game, teams that rush for more yards in the Super Bowl are 42 and 15 straight up 40, 14 and three ATS. And, and you just wrote in your article today, Michael, about how Andy Reid might hate Colin runs, but he's been doing it and it's been working out for this chiefs team. Yeah. And, and I mean, look, he hates doing it, but he knows that it's the best way to protect his offensive line. See, I think one of the things, and this is, uh, we have to always analyze why. Okay. When you don't kick the three points, and go up 17, you say, okay, well, we were trying to go up. We were trying to go up 21. All right, the four points does matter. But going up 17 had an effect on what Kyle Shanahan could do. And that took it would take him out of his drop out of his play action pass sheet, put him more in a drop back pass game down three scores. Mm-hmm. It's the same thing here. Andy Reid knows that the, the effect of being able to have more balance in his offense has taken the pressure off one of the areas where he's weak, which is the offensive tackle position, which he wasn't expecting it to be weak. He cashed in Orlando Brown. For Jawan Taylor feeling like he or and Donovan Smith figuring like they were going to be better than what he had last year. That didn't work out. That did not work out. Donovan Smith hasn't been as good, even though Orlando Brown wasn't good. And Jawan Taylor hasn't been very good. And they paid him a lot of money. So you understand why the why behind it. This is what drives me crazy about everybody. Go for it on fourth down. Nobody sits there and says, what is the effect of the decision? What is the momentum? What is what could we create if we kick three points? Right. What could we create? I think to me, this is the same thing with with teams that can run the football effectively that get to the Super Bowl. They can run the game out. They control the line of scrimmage. They do things that matter in football games. And we all know this. And I'm a proponent of it. I don't want to run the ball to mm-hmm. score points. The running the ball kicks field goals. But running the ball allows you to control the game. And that's important. Yeah. And I, I don't know necessarily just based on these two teams specifically, if there's going to be a big run game edge one way or the other, as a 49ers fan, I'm very afraid of Isaiah Pacheco and the success that he has had lately, especially scoring the football. He's at eight touchdowns in his last seven games and is averaging over 70 yards per game on the ground in that time. Um, and San Francisco has struggled to stop the run. But on the other side of that, I feel like the 49ers are not going to have a problem running the football against what is the 26th ranked run defense in the national football league. And they're not going to pull a Ravens and say, no, we're not going to try to utilize our best asset against this defense, especially considering how good the KC secondary is. So let's go to the passing part of this. Teams that average more passing yards per attempt in the Super Bowl are 44 and 13 straight up, 37, 17 and 3 ATS. And we know Brock Purdy in the regular season averaged the league best 9.6 yards per attempt to Mahomes, just seven yards per attempt in the postseason. They've been pretty equal but Purdy still has a little bit of a higher number. Right. And this is an important stat for me. Always was, always will be, is you got to be in the high sevens, really. And what what and this again goes back to the whole redefining of the offense by the Chiefs. Because they kept trying to make plays down the field. And when you break them down and when you go through what they've been able to accomplish, right, over these four games, right, as you go through these four games, it's been more of a dink and dunk. They've only had eight plays over 35 yards in those four games, right? And the most and the big biggest play came against the Bengals, right? The 67 yarder Rashid Rice was in the Bengal games, right? And since then, they've had 18 plays between 29 and 20 yards. Okay, so they have been their explosive plays haven't been to that level to get you up. Now, it's better than what they had during the season, because during the season, he was holding the ball and taking sacks. Mm hmm. So they're able to, by running it, they're able to get more play action, and they're starting to make not the one-play touchdown drives. They're starting to make the touchdown drives by accumulating good plays, and that's helped them become a little bit more explosive in terms of these last four games. Think about it. 
They've had basically they've had 23 plays from 35 yards to 20 yards in four games. They've had that. They've had that. 23 plays in four games. So you're basically averaging about six plays, somewhere four plays a game, or six plays a game of, of making 20 yard or more plays, which is good. So they've kind of increased their explosiveness by running the football. This next one won't surprise you, Michael. We talk so much about the importance of the turnover battle. Teams that win the turnover battle tend to win the game. 35-9-1 ATS, just under 80%. The 49ers had a significantly better turnover differential in the regular season. They were plus 10 to the Chiefs, minus 11. But both are plus 2 in turnover differential this postseason. Who do you think is more likely to turn over the ball based on these two teams? I think the 49ers are. I think the Chief, I mean, Mahomes is very careful with the football. And I think the one thing that's got to concern you is what happened to Purdy last week. Pressure inside, force the interception, right? Pressure inside. That's where the chief strength is. Chris Jones, pressure inside. That's where they're going to get, that's where they got Garoppolo in the first yeah. game. That's where they got Chris Jones pushed that pocket back. These guards for San Francisco are not stout. They don't hold the they don't hold the line where the pocket doesn't get collapsed. That's what worries you to me. And look, time up and, and the other thing is Moody, let's put the kickers in this. You know, you know, Moody is very inconsistent in terms of making kicks. Sure. We know that. He's a great kicker. And I think he's going to be a, a really a great kicker down the road. The Chiefs don't miss. And the 49ers do. And turnovers, missed field goals are turnovers. And you mentioned it already, but like Mahomes interception free football this postseason, he hasn't thrown a pick his last six postseason starts. The They've had two lost fumbles so far, but, you know, pick free football for him. Meanwhile, Brock Purdy, one of the things that he gets a lot of flack in is those turnover worthy plays. So certainly a concern from that standpoint. And one more that's really critical um, teams that win the time of possession battle, 41 and 16 yep. and 39, 15 and three ATS. So just over 72 percent. And you wrote in your article today, if the 49ers front doesn't improve, and doesn't become the force they need. This new Chiefs approach will control the ball for 40 minutes, score 27 points, and walk away with a win. That's what's going to happen. The Chiefs are going to control the ball. If they try to play zone and they drop the spots and they try to rally, and Mahomes is going to be, he's going to throw four incomplete passes the whole day, unless, and that probably is because they dropped two passes, and they're going to just have six, seven, eight play drives. They're going to take field goals when they get them, and they're going to eat up clock. And the 49ers are going to have eight possessions. And, it, you know, Buffalo had 37 minutes. Kansas City only had the ball for 22 minutes and scored 27 points. So, you know, Kansas City was able to get it done. But Kansas City was only in third down five times in that game. Yeah. They were making plays on second down, just 10 yards, 12 yards, all that. So, yeah, I think time of possession, it's, again, what do you do with the football but when you keep it away from Mahomes or you keep it, especially if you keep it away from the homes, the way they're playing, mm -hmm. that makes it harder. To further emphasize the importance of those four stats that we just went through right now. So again, rushing the football, pass yards per attempt, fewest turnovers, possession battle, um, teams that hold an edge in at least three of those four categories are 40 and six straight up, covering it at 80% clip. Teams that win all four, 26 and 0, covering 96% of the time. The Bucks were the last team to sweep all four categories. We're going to hit the break, but we're wrapping things up on a Wednesday with a why not Wednesday, looking at some long shot props and see if I can get Michael to turn the tide and say, why not? If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer, Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss playing dirty sports scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape, you can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, at the very least, as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos 
in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media, as well as my straight shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, digs deep into the history of professional basketball, along with my own as one of the first female sportscasters. Now let's get you up to speed on what else happened around the NBA today. We talked to all sorts of people I interacted with, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. And recap iconic moments. Yes, he's got it. Here he comes. Ray rock the baby to sleep and slam dunk. As well as some of the wild stories behind the scenes. We were like, what? What are we in for? The scoreboard crashes before we even tip a game off. Today, the NBA is a global sports and entertainment giant. Players are multimillionaires and cultural icons. Iguodala to Curry. Back to Iguodala. Up for the layup. Oh, blocked by James. LeBron James. And these stories are about how we got here, both on and off the court. And what's next? Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storr on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Stormy Bonatoni, on VSEN, the sports betting network. Looking for a Super Bowl offer for Super Bowl 58? I meant a super offer. You get it. Well, DraftKings Sportsbook has you covered. Make sure you download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use the code VSIN. New customers can bet five bucks and you'll get 200 instantly in bonus bets. It's only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of Super Bowl 58. Again, use that code VSIN. The crown is yours. Maybe a stupid one, but I'm just spitballing here. Can it make you say why not? That wasn't a stupid question. It's time for Why Not Wednesday. I mean, why not? You know when they say it's so crazy it just might work? Okay, let's get into our first Super Bowl edition of Why Not Wednesday, looking at some long shot plus money prop options for the big game, starting with CMC, Christian McCaffrey himself, Michael. He has scored two touchdowns in each of the postseason games so far this postseason. Christian McCaffrey to score three plus touchdowns is plus 750. Could I sell you? Could you say why not? Yeah, I mean, I think if, yeah, you could tell me why not really? on that. I mean, you, you got to feel, yeah, because I mean, look, he's going to get the ball in the red zone. I think there's no question about that. He's a dual threat down there. If they're in a man-to-man, I think you can run the football, especially on the Chiefs. I think he's going to run it. And if the Niners are going to score and they're going to win the game, they're going to have to score more than 20 points, right? Mm-hmm. They're going to have to get three touchdowns. I really believe that. So for me, I, I would say yes. Well, and he is the go-to guy. Like I said, he's had two in each postseason game so far. For him just to score two is three to one. His anytime touchdown score, we've seen numerous times throughout the year, Michael. Minus 300, minus 330. It's only minus 210. So actually a pretty decent number for an anytime touchdown on Christian McCaffrey as well. Let's go to the first touchdown scorer market. And I want to put this out there first and foremost, our first touchdown guru, Stephanie Kamershack. She says, don't do this. Yeah. So I'm just going to put it out there for you just okay. as, a, as a preface to this. Patrick Mahomes to score first, 11 to 1 for the Chiefs. Well, I mean, if he scores first, he scrambled and he ran into the end zone. I find it hard to believe that that, that would happen. Uh, you know, he doesn't, there's no called runs for Patrick Mahomes. There's no called runs, let's run fake quarterback draw, let's run quarterback draw. That's typically not what they do. And if they're going to run Patrick Mahomes, it's going to be in, in a situation where the game is going to be on the line and it's got to happen. So I, I agree with Steph. I don't think this is the right play here. Yeah, that's 11-1 to just to be the Chiefs' first touchdown, by the way. Not even first touchdown for the game. Uh, he apparently has not had a rushing touchdown in the playoffs since 2021 so it's been a hot minute now in the Super Bowl it's always fun to dive in and see if we can have any records broken any big staples like last week for example we saw Travis Kelsey break Jerry Rice's record for postseason reception how about a single game record could we have any player to record a Super Bowl record four touchdowns 18 to 1 could it happen 
No. You're not getting me on this one. That's hard to do. I mean, you know, look, okay, let's analyze the game. The ball's in the red zone. You're going to try to take Kelsey away if you're smart. If you're Steve Wilkes, you're taking Kelsey away. If the ball's in the red zone, you're trying to take away Debo and McCaffrey. You could catch one, but then if he's down there, you're going to shift it around. I think it's going to be really hard for either team to score 28. Yeah. If, if, if the team scores 28, the over's probably going to hit, right? And nobody thinks the over's going to hit in this game. So you're not getting me on this one, Stormy. I'm sorry. Also, by the way, um, CMC, if he were to have three touchdowns, that would tie the record, right? Like four would be exceeding the record. Terrell Davis did it in 98. Jalen Hurts had three last year, but nobody's gotten over four. And then from a receiving standpoint, Jerry Rice had three receiving touchdowns twice. So he, he stands alone in the receiving category here. Let's go to a receiver, though. MVS, Marquez Val- Valdez-Scantling. Could he record the longest reception for the game? A 10 to 1 price, Michael. We talked about it yesterday. Mahomes has got a little bit of trust back with MVS. Uh, yeah, I mean, uh, this one's hard. I mean, it, it's to me, this is a little bit of a guess. It could happen. I would say it's not going to happen. No, you wouldn't get me to a 10 to 1. You wouldn't get me to play. I think there's something better out there. So I'm going to say no here. I know you're not a big Mean Girls no fan, Michael, but when you said it's not going to happen, that was all I was thinking of is Mean Girls. Gretchen, stop trying to make fetch happen. It's not going to happen. Uh, how about this one? Another 10 to 1 prop. Will there be a safety? Could you say why not? You, you know, you could definitely say why not in this because both defensive line can pressure it. And I think if the safety occurs, it's going to be because grounding happened in the end zone. So I would say why not? At 10 to 1, uh, I mean, pizza money only. Yeah. Pizza money only on that. But that, you know, they're hard to get. But look, here's what I would say, though, as I think about this clearer. Wisniewski's the best inside the 20 punter in the league. He's so good. This guy's damn good. And if he pins them back there, and they get any pressure, there's a chance. And it's a, it's a small chance, yeah. but there's a chance that a safety could occur. Only because of the punter. I know that sounds ridiculous, but the punter's got to pin you back there. Remember a Super Bowl? The one that I'll never forget in 2012 when the when basically the, the Giants starting field position for the Patriots was like the 16-yard line because their punter was so damn good. Yeah. Steve Rutherford was so good. Uh, no, Weatherford, Steve Weatherford. I'm sorry. No, you're yep. good. I just, I was just gonna say, me being the loser that I am, I just want to see the safety dance. That's like a genie in a bottle, not like the song, but it's just fun to see. You know, when the players get into it, have a little, have a little bit of fun out there. This one. Yeah. So we had a successful two point conversion last year. Jalen Hurts completed the octopus, where it's you know you score the touchdown and then you same player scores the two point conversion after that. I'm not even gonna ask you about that. I just want to see, could we say why not to a two point conversion being successful plus two. 60 is the price. Could this be another uh, pizza money? Why not Wednesday? Yeah, this one's a better price. I would play this than the, before the two that we just had, the safety and the uh, four touchdown one, because this is plus 260. And look, the book has the game down to two. It's been one and a half. There may be Moody could miss an extra point and sure. force the 49ers to go for it on uh, go for a two point play. And this could be the way we know that the Chiefs kick field goals. This could be a game where the Chiefs might have to get back into it and 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 kind of not that they're going to be out of it, but they might have to cut it to have an eight point lead, get it cut back in and, and tie the game up. So, yeah, I would say this to me has better odds and it has a better situation of happening than the last two that I kind of hem-hauled, why not? This one, I would definitely say, why wouldn't we do it? Yeah, let's do it, Stormy. The other ones, they, they have good odds. They were 10 to 1, so they were higher odds, but like the likelihood of them happening is obviously significantly less. So, yeah, I like that thought process, too, because I think that's realistic, and you talk about game script and situations and this being a close game, the spread playing into it, absolutely. Um, with it also being a close game, could we potentially have overtime? Could we get extra football? According to our VEASAN prop tracker, let it be known, this has only happened once in the last 22 Super Bowls, but we expect this to be competitive and down to the wire. Could there be overtime at a 10 to 1 price? There could be. I mean, who's to say no, right? Why not? I mean, we think it's going to be a close game. I think it's going to be a close game. Right. Yeah. You know, we almost had overtime in, in, in one. I mean, Green Bay was almost ready to get at the game in overtime the first time. Right. Yep. 
So, and that would have pushed the game to the over total. So why not? This next one goes to show how many prop options there are available. Uh, you can you can bet just about anything. And the San Francisco 49ers have had to come from behind to win each of their last two postseason games. 49ers to win from behind in the Super Bowl plus 170, Michael. Could you say why not? Um, no, I, this is a game they're going to have to play from in front. I, this is a game they're, they're not going to because Kansas City's too good at keeping the ball away from you. They're too good at that. They're not going to be able to catch it. I think they need to play from in front and dictate the tempo. That's me. I think that's why not. I'm not saying well, I would not say that. I think that's going to be the key to the game. Okay, you brought up Gatorade earlier, so I'm caving. I'm hitting you with one more. We, we mentioned it. The red Gatorade has never been poured on a game-winning coach in the 57-year history of this beautiful game that we call football in the Super Bowl. Five to one for red to be the color. Could you say why not? Could we make history in the big game? Yeah. I mean, why not? I mean, both teams are red. Why wouldn't there be a red? <laughs> Right? Why wouldn't there be red? Uh, Michael, I got to tell you, for all of the research that I did on the Gatorade prop, and I'll share it with you tomorrow, we'll get into it. For all of the research I've done, the only real edge is if you have an inside man. So please, somebody, if you went to high school with Patrick yeah. Mahomes or Brock Purdy or Christian McCaffrey, let me know their favorite Gatorade color. Let me know. I want to go over to DraftKings, see what but we can do. But here's the thing, though, Stormy. I, I, I don't think they're going to spring red on the players if they've never had red before because sure. because they obviously don't like the taste of red. Mm. Purple is the favorite. And purple won last year after, and it was the longest yeah, shot. I, I mean, I think the players like the taste of purple more than they like the taste See, of red. That's I just don't. me. Purple is bleh to me, not a fan. I'm a cool blue girl through and through. Who don't like grape soda? Everybody loves grape soda. Uh, I'm more of an orange orange soda girl myself. Grape soda, it tastes I like, like the, cough you know, syrup. I like the, the 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 lemonade. I'm a lemonade person, but you know, I mean, that's just me. This is the insight that you need. Uh, we'll be back with more Super Bowl talk tomorrow. But for now, keep it locked on VSIN and DraftKings Network. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith, host of the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and I answer your phone calls and respond to your tweets. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions and straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities and game changers. All that and more. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball. From growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball. From Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.